just thank you. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing here. Thank you for your love, your, your patience, your power in our lives, Lord. We just give you all the glory and all the praise. And Father, we just give our complete attention to you right now. Lord, I pray that as we break open the scriptures, Father, as we uh, open up our hearts, God, that you just begin to uh, continue to challenge us. Show us your heart for this season. God, help us to be attentive and help us to be um, doers of the word and not only hearers. We thank you for your grace on this community, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our midst, Lord, and we just ask you to just cover us right now in these moments. In Jesus' name. And I just wanted to pretty much, man, God's been doing so much over the last couple weeks. I feel like we go through these um, cycles, but I know that we received an alignment um, here, as a community, God, sometimes the chiropractor God comes and <laughs> snaps you into alignment. And I feel like there's significant things that we're seeing the fruit of. Amen. And I just want us to, as Jesus has been really, really evident in our midst in multiple different ways. I mean, Friday night, I can't encourage you if we, like, Friday night is what I'd like to see every time we have an encounter night. Of course, you can't reproduce what God does in a moment. But this is kind of what I want to speak to us about today or speak into is just having our hearts ready and postured. Do not let the Lord go by. Don't let him pass by. I feel like this is what the Lord spoke to me today. Uh, over the last few days, don't let him go by. If you're in, if, like, I feel like we're in such a season right now where God could pour out his spirit and he will pour out his spirit, but we just need to be ready and open for what he's going to do. And when I say don't let him pass by, I really mean don't let him pass by. I feel like God puts us in positions us at certain times and certain seasons where he's really in our midst and there's a grace, but it actually really is, you know, it is dependent upon our hearts. And I say this with all sincerity and all honesty. I believe that God is going to pour out his, his spirit like we've not seen in the days ahead if if we're ready, if our hearts are postured, if we're, if we're really like in a position to receive him. That means across the board, like everything we do. 
Is the fear of the Lord on everything that we do? Is the fear of the Lord on our lives as we, as we trust him? Is the fear of the Lord on our lives as, as certain trials and things come against us? Are we believing that he's with us anyway? Even in the midst of the shaking. Is the fear of the Lord on our giving? Ooh, quiet. No, it really, because I feel like if it's just one thing, it, might as well, it should be everything. Right? Because my offerings and my tithes and those things, if you don't believe in tithing, you need a revelation. I'm not going to preach the offering again, but I feel like there's everything that some of you have such a great revelation, I wish it would be contagious to other people around you. And God wants us to be in that place of community where we do, where we're able to have uh, this interaction with one another that what you have, someone else is going to receive and what, what they have, you're going to receive. And I'm talking about the good things. Come on. Amen. We want everyone's good stuff, you know, and we want to learn and glean from one another. But I believe this, that the Holy Spirit wants us to really be in a position where we are, as we engage with the word, and you can go to Luke 24, we'll start there. Nah, nah, don't go there yet. Go to 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings and chapter 4. In verse 8. Because I really want to talk about constraining the Lord. When he's coming by, we grab him. I don't want, I don't want any moment of the day to go by in your life or my life where Jesus is really near and you let him just pass by you. This is the whole thing I'm going to talk about and really continue to talk about because we can't afford to let him go by. I don't know about you, but I can't afford to let him go by. And so we just have this, this um, encounter that we see in 2 Kings and chapter 4 and verse 8 says this, Now it happened on one day that Elisha went to, the, to Shunem and there, there was a notable woman, and the Bible says right there, she persuaded him. I'm just going to talk about a little bit of typography, uh, types in Scripture, and Elisha is a type of Christ. We just want to look at that because it's like when the prophetic, when the man of God, when the son of God comes by your house, or he's in your village, or he's in your region, or he's in your room, Do you let him go by? When the Holy Spirit is pulling on you, do you let him go by? And it says here, it says she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in and eat some food. Come on, God is interested in sitting down and dining with everyone in this room. And we have to stop, and we can go to even Abraham back with, with the, I talked about this a few weeks ago. I, I forget what chapter it's from, but it's where the, 
where the three men come and he sees them coming and the promise that was for Sarah is actually manifest that day because he makes a meal, he brings them bread, he beckons them to stay. And I'm telling you, we need to beckon the Trinity to stay in our lives daily. But I'm, as a community, ready? There is no more breakthrough. You live in breakthrough. I mean, I know sometimes we just need to, sometimes all of a sudden you touch the hem of his garment and there's breakthrough. But I want to just, I want to just ask you tonight to, to, to run with me in a place where you constrain the Lord every time you come here. Every time we come together that there's a, a posture of your heart that you would say, Jesus, come, don't leave. Listen, when we come into this room, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking about the corporate thing right now, but I believe that the Lord wants to come in such a way, in such a dramatic way, and that is why, honestly, we are blessed with worship. We're blessed with people in this, in this, in this community that worship, not just up here, but if everyone would be on the same page in the posture of worship, the Lord could do anything at any moment. What would happen if we had a re revelation during communion when we take communion, when we're breaking the bread and drinking uh, the, the cup together? What would happen if we had the real revival understanding of who Jesus is when we remember him and actually people could get healed during a communion service? See, there's something about the Orthodox and the Catholics that have an understanding and a reverence for the, for the eating of the bread and the drinking of the cup together that releases healing. I promise you. And as, as Pentecostals and Charismatics, we've come a little short of that. And you're saying, well, do you believe the same? I believe, I believe that we downplay so much in the communion elements, especially after I encountered the Lord way I did a few weeks ago, that God wants to just come in during a moment when we're breaking bread and he says to do it every time. So we only do it maybe once a month. I mean, we're not even good about that. I wasn't meaning to get off on communion, but it's something important because it really signifies us meeting with the Lord, partaking of his blood and his body. And if all of us were in that position right here, this is this woman. She's a notable woman. Come on, it's, a ch it's the church. A notable woman who's desiring for the king, for the prophet, for the man of God to come into the house and to stay. To the point, she makes a room. And I'm going to say, every one of us needs, need to make fresh uh, just a brand new room for God. Tonight, we'll make a brand new room for God to come. I'm, I'm passionate about this because I believe that God really wants to come to a community. He'll, he'll take any community that will put him first. Not our ministry. <laughs> Not our desire to win the lost. Not our desire to heal the sick. None of that. 
What if the Lord told you to just put everything down for a year and find him? Would you do it? Could you do it? I really feel like this, there's something that the Lord wants to do in this. And so she makes this upper room. Notice it's an upper room. And I just want us to be in this posture because when we go to Luke 24, and we'll go there now, I just want, we want to open the door for the Lord Jesus to simply not just walk by us, but to come into us and sup with us and have deeper communion than you've ever had before. To be honest with you, we have to ask the Lord for a passion for his word, for a passion for worship, for passion just for his presence. Because we, I, I'm telling you, God wants to just extract all the distractions out of your life that pull you away from him. Extract them, remove them. We have everything that's vying for our attention. Constantly. I wish that we wouldn't even be on phones. I use the tablet to preach from. I've got my Bible here. But the honest truth is, I was proud of myself. This week, my, my, my screen time was down 70%. I was like, it came up this morning. I was like, whoa. Guess what? I'm still alive. Come on. I just want us to be like, I don't want, I, I'm praying. I'm asking the Lord for myself not to be distracted. And if I'm not distracted and I'm praying for you, then you won't be distracted either. And it doesn't all hinge upon me, but I'm going to intercede for you anyway. Amen? I believe this. Can you pray for one another? God, as we come together in corporate unity and unity of the Spirit, can we come together with a posture like, God, you have full control of everything. What does that even look like? I can tell you that prophecy is going to look a di lot different than the traditional prophecy that you know. I can tell you that the Holy Spirit wants to do new things. He's not doing old things. I'm telling you that I don't want to reproduce the old awakening or the old revivals. I want to produce what God wants for this time and this season. And guess what? You were born for such a time as this so that you could walk in what he has for you now. Guess what? Smith Wigglesworth didn't have the, wasn't in the place where you are right now. And if he was, he'd be looking. He's, come on, he's up in, he's up in heaven looking down from the great cloud of witnesses saying, come on, go. You live in a better time than I lived in. The revealing of the Son of God is in a deeper capacity. He's, he's revealing himself all over the earth. So I just want to look at this, a couple scriptures. Is that okay? And I do have a little bit of scripture, so ready? 
Luke 24 and verse 25, and we know the story, right? Jesus has been crucified, he's risen again, and now he's walking on the road to Emmaus with these guys, right? A couple of disciples. And he has this, he, they encounter him, but they don't know him. They don't know it's him, but their hearts are burning for him, but they don't even know it's him. We're, our hearts burning within us. They say afterwards. And, and I just want you to, God wants to release the burning inside of you. And I want you to be sensitive to the burning that's going on inside of you. The Holy Spirit wants us to be aware of the burning inside of us. I love you, and it's good to see you. Both of you. Wow. Way to blow my mind, Oliver. I'm telling you, it's the Holy Spirit that wants to come in such a way to totally totally come in and take over. Can you even imagine what it looks like, Gloria? I don't even know what it looks like. But I have this like expectation that when God shows up, none of us will ever be bored. The word will always be alive. You won't feel like anything's a religious duty. You'll feel co completely free. Yet you'll be absolutely distracted by his beauty. Come on, the only thing that should be distracting you in this room is the beauty of Jesus. You take your eyes off of me and allow the beauty of the Lord to come and just captivate you. To the scripture, Luke 24, verse 25. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, Jesus, in disguise, saying these words, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scripture. Everyone say all the scripture. The things concerning himself. And then they drew near to the village where, he was, where they were going. And he indicated he would have gone on farther. Super important. Jesus was going to pass right through. Leave them on the way. And then the Bible says, but they constrained him. It literally means they grabbed him strongly and said, don't go anywhere. Are you grabbing hold of the Lord in a strong way? Are you completely convinced that he will not leave your side when he shows up in presence form? I'm telling you, we're coming to a time where you have to understand that the Lord is desiring to be with us more than we even know that, he wants, that we want to be with him. There's that place where God is trying to bring us where our desire matches his desire. Ready? I think we should pray into that right now. Lord, let my desire 
not your desire, but my heart, not your heart. Lord, I don't strive for anything, but Lord, we're asking, Father, as a community, that Lord, you, we would learn to constrain you. We would learn to not let you just walk by or walk further from us or walk past us or move along further away from us. God, we ask right now that you cause us to be so thirsty and hungry that we don't let you go by. We don't let you move past us. It says they constrained them, saying, abide with us. For it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. And the same word for abide is the same word that it says, and he went in to stay with them. So here's the deal. It is the Lord's desire. It's his utter desire to come and stay with you. Let me tell you this, that the, the more we create a, a home for him, your heart is a home for him. It's already done. It's already finished. But the more I push away every other distraction, that means he has my full attention. Yes, I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a husband. I do, I do all the things that I do during the day. But he is my, he, is, he takes over everything. Like if he grabs me and says, you need to go here, you need to go there, then I, then I listen. If my heart is, is completely given to, to asking, Lord, Lord, will you give me, just I want to touch your presence every day, daily. Come on, we should all be drinking of his presence deeply. It should be a, a Psalm 16 drink, a uh, drink. Uh, Psalm 23, my cup overflows, a, just a life of God overflowing in your life. But it, I'm telling you, it's, it is, there is a dependency that the Lord is looking for from us to be dependent on him. So it says that they constrained him. And, and there's, there's always a burning heart that senses he's in our midst. perfect example, right? This, just tonight, right? The snap, crackle, pops. Like I hear, I heard them. The stop of the, 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 the worship, right? Immediately, I get distracted. Are they okay? What's happening? You're like, no, seriously, guess what? God's bigger. He's going to work it out. Even if we all just yell into the Lord without any music, come on. Just nick on the drums, pound on the drums, you know. If it all the power goes out, are we okay? Yeah. We should be, because he's king, right? Of course, I'm like, is everything okay? No, I don't know, you know. Callie, me, you know, everyone's going, trying to figure it out. And it's what we do, right? To, so that we can have a better worship experience, Right? And that's okay, and that's what, come on, that's why we gather here too. But if it's a distraction, come on, God wants you fully attentive to him. He wants you to grab him if he's walking through the room in the morning. 
come on. And just say, no, just stay. Will you bide a little longer? And I know you're thinking, i got to get to work. We want to be good stewards with our time. But guess what? The Lord can meet you. He can go in the car with you. You posture your heart in a, in a place. This is all posture of the heart. Yes. Right? That I don't allow anything, any outer thing to like distract me from what he wants to do. Right. In the moment. And then beyond. Right? So before, I, I just have to, I have to reiterate. Before they realized it was Jesus and he was in a different form, and let's just look at that. He was not in the form that they were used to. Obviously, he, he was talking about himself in Scripture, but they weren't, they, weren't, they weren't with it. Their eyes weren't seeing it. And how many times does the Lord show up in ways that we don't see him? Come on. We're good about our preferences. How the Lord comes, how we prefer him to come, what our doctrine is, what we believe. Is that really God? Come on. Y'all are very, very quiet today. Let's just go to the desert for a minute. Deuteronomy. Chapter 32. I've been over and over and over. I meditate on this all the time. Nah, put your finger there and we'll go to Job 29. I'm just trying to hear as I go. Go to Job 29. Keep your finger in, in Deuteronomy. And we're going to hit a couple things here. Because this is about God. And we want to constrain. This is really going to... We're going to ask the Lord tonight to teach us how to pull in a deeper dimension from him. How does that work? It works by consecration. It works by my mind being renewed. It works by a lot of different things. But I'm telling you that the Lord is wanting to train us in this. He wants us to be disciples in learning how to pull from him. Right? It's in his word. He wants us to be able to draw from him. Right? So Job, these are powerful, powerful verses. But they, they completely connect to one another. So both... Job 29 and, and the, the portion of Deuteronomy 32 that I'm going to talk about, verse 2 says, Oh, that, that I were in the months past, as in the days when God watched over me. It's actually speaking of a lamp, right? When, when his lamp shone over my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. Come on. This is what every one of us walk in. This is what every one of us receive. You receive this, right? As just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God, the friendly counsel of God, was over my tent, which is my dwelling, which is where I live, 
which is the countenance of God over your life. Guess what? He's amazing. He's good. He doesn't, he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't send judgment over you. He's a good father. Amen? And he wants you to walk under the tent of his counsel, and that's his counsel for you. Is that I'm a good God, and I want to do amazing things for you. And I want my light to shine over your life so that it illuminates your way and it brings people to me. And so when we get the count, when we get, when we receive this, listen, this is Old Testament stuff. And this is what Job walked in, but now he's in the pit. He's scraping boils off of his body. His family's been destroyed. He's, he's lost everything. Yet he remembers this day and the days where he sat at the gate and he was a man of wisdom. But I'm telling you, God has this for everyone in this room. You will go through trials. You will go through tribulations. This is a gospel that's not free from tests. But the life of God will be established in you by you having friendly counsel with the Lord. What does it mean? It means it, he was under this friendship with God. Here's what happened. When the Almighty was yet with me, and my children were around me. Come on, he's remembering things. And my steps were bathed with cream. And the rock poured out rivers of oil to me. Rivers of oil to me. The rock poured out rivers of oil to me. So this council is, a, is, is it's, it's a divine circle of familiar friends. God is a familiar friend to you. God wants to speak to you. He says, I no longer call you slaves. I call you friends. And we want our lives to embody that, yet we continually go through struggles this doesn't look like what that should look like, right? And God says, I'm here to release something fresh for you tonight. I promise you tonight, there's oil that's coming from the rock. It's counsels that you receive by familiar, friendly conversation. It's intimate friendship. And the same thing, this word, when it was poured out, is the same word as constraint. So God, why? Because it's constrained. It's, it's because it's in the rock. It's because there's a straining for the oil to come through. Why? Because it actually says that the best, the best oil comes from those, those olive trees that push through the rock. The best oil. In the Middle East, culturally, it's true that the oil of the Lord that God wants to bring through your life is through the hard places. I know sometimes it's like parallel to what we think because we think 
It's all good. When the glory's in the room, it's all going to be good. Yes, when the glory's in the room. But listen, I'm looking for the deepest part of who he is. And so I will be the one. I will allow him to constrain some things inside of me so that I constrain his presence in my life. You understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to press and he wants to move things and he, there, there are cracks and there are, there are narrow places that God wants to open up so that the water and the river of oil can flow in your life. So it speaks of like, it's the idea of narrowness. It's a narrow place where it pours out. It actually speaks of a smelting, uh, like a, the, when we refine metal. to be molten and to be poured. So there's a process of what God does in that time, right? Where my, and, and it is, it's where literally his, he said his feet were bathed in butter. It means he walked in the oil. He walked in the anointing. He walked in the place. This is Old Testament. This is the oldest book in the Bible. And Jesus has a better way for us. Jesus has the best way for us. Jesus has all open doors. He, he made a way through his flesh and the sprinkling of his blood. We walk in purity and, and, and we live with clean hands and pure hearts as we continually give our hearts to him. But I'm telling you right now, he is in a, he is in a posture. I, I saw him in such a posture that he's like, I'm ready. When I say this, I mean he's ready to pour out oil, to pour out in the hard places. He's ready to pour out things that you can't imagine that he would do. Mm, olives amidst the rocks yield the best oil. Write it down. telling you. So I want our, our heart posture to be completely given over to the Lord. Right? And as Deuteronomy, we'll just go to Deuteronomy 32. And we'll pray. And prophesy. Do whatever we need to do. Just want us to just wait a second, okay? Wow. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just continue to invite you. Lord, I ask that you pour your oil through people tonight. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you just release all of who you are. Lord, we constrain you. We grab hold of you. We don't let you move any further than this place right now. We thank you that you're ready, that you're open, that you're willing. Lord, that you want to meet us, that you want to touch us. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 10. 
found him in a desert land, in a wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. And he kept him as the apple of his eye. I love this. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovering over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. Speaking of like this whirlwind that God wants to pull you up into the heavenly places with him. Right? It says, so the Lord, the Lord alone led him and there was no foreign gods with him. Amen? This goes back to the, everything that distracts us. It may not be an idol, per se, a statue, but it may be an idol. It may be something that gets in the way of God continuing to come into your life in a deeper dimension. There are things that the Lord wants to remove and extract, and we must yield to those things because he wants to show us a better place and a better way. He totally wants to give us an open, open space with him. He made him ride in the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock, oil from the flinty rock. So again, this place, ready? We're going to just stop. Draw honey. Draw oil. Now the translation on verse 13 says, He set him on a high place in the land and fed him the crops of the field, and he nursed him with honey from crags and with oil from the flinty rock. So what am I saying? What is the Lord saying? That there is provision that comes from the Lord. But just like a child, ready? We go back to being children again. Just like a, a child receives milk from the mother's breast, so God is saying, are you dependent enough on me that you can come to me and draw from me? missed it. People missed it. You all missed it. We have to come like a child so dependent upon the Lord that we realize that the only way, the only thing, the only person that's going to sustain me is him. That there's only one there's only one place that I can receive and I can draw the oil, the honey of revelation. God wants to break open his word. He wants to break open his scriptures to you. He wants to open up his word so that I do James chapter 1. That I walk and when I hear the word, I don't forget what it said. When the Lord gives me a word and speaks through the scriptures to me, I don't forget what he said to me. I don't walk away like I walked. I was just looking in a mirror. I saw my face and I walked away and I forgot what I looked like. Because the Lord is wanting us to be in this posture of I constrain. It's the same word, constrain. God wants to feed you through his oil, through the revelation of his word and the anointing. But your life, listen, God is saying, here, I want to pull you into a place where you're so utterly dependent upon me 
Are you there? This is why, this is why Paul said, I die daily. Because he had to die to his self-sufficiency. He had to die to all the things that he knew what to do to get to God. He, remember, he was the Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a scholar. He knew all this. He knew all the scriptures. And listen, when we're reading from this book, when we're reading from the New Testament, guess who it was written to? Jews. And when it was written, they were reading what? The Old Testament. As a matter of fact, most of them had it memorized. What am I saying? The Lord is saying, dive deep into the word, into my word, and I will break open honey for you. You have to come like a little child when it comes to the word. You have to come like, I don't know anything. And I'm completely dependent upon my father to release what I need. Every, every minute of the day, if it has to be. See, we don't like this. We don't like this. We like to be self-sufficient. We like to know it. We like to have it all ready. Like, I know, and I've been trained, you know, and I'm, I'm all glad for my Bible training, but I realized this, that I had to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff. Because the Holy Spirit wants us to go into a place where there, it might be hard and it's going to be difficult, but I'm telling you, there's going to be a fruit that just begins to appear in your life as you begin to dive into this place that I'm telling you. I, I don't, God wants the whole church to constrain him. Not just me, not just a few people, not just the, you know, the celebrities. Come on. He's trying to kill that thing. He's trying to kill sacred cows. And I'm all for honoring the office. But it's just a gift to the church to get the church where we need to be. Right? And I love, we want, you know, we honor spiritual fathers and mothers. We honor people around us. We honor. But I'm telling you, God is trying to get us a move away from every bit of place where you feel self-sufficient, where you have learned not to constrain him because you think you know the ways to go. You with me? Like there is, there is something that the Lord wants to unleash for us here tonight. I promise you. And we have to posture our hearts and say, God, because here's what I believe. I do believe this. I believe that he's looking for communities. He's looking for people that will continue to just give him and yield to him. Like the yielded thing, the yielded surrendered thing, the dying to self thing, the, this, I can't, I can't reiterate it enough. Because he's trying, to, he's trying to destroy the platforms. And ministry and pursuit of ministry and all the good works that we do are great if, it's in your, if you have your heart postured here. If you don't have your heart postured here in a place where I'm dependent upon the Lord, I need, I need you, Jesus, in everything I do. And I'm not saying, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is saying I'm dependent upon Jesus in everything that I do. And through him, he makes you strong. The anointing makes strength. It releases strength. But I'm telling you, well, I had a thought, but it's not good because I have to fix things if I break them. So... 
just breaking stuff because God wants to like destroy mindsets. Like, here, here's the deal, right? And I know this from experience. The anointing, when God uses people and he touches people through the anointing, he can, he'll just let the grace that's on your life as a minister. I'm just telling you, I sensed it, I felt it before, I've watched it happen to me and other people. It's it just, I've got nothing. He gives you something out of nothing. And it's got nothing to do with, I, my heart was perfectly postured. No, no, no. No, it's got to do with I stand in a place and he's more concerned about you getting ministered to than me and how I feel. Amen? So our lives can be all out of whack, yet God still uses us. But that puts the, right? I'm, telling, I'm saying this because the Lord doesn't want that. The Lord wants perfect, he wants perfect, I said it, perfect vessels. He, want ves he wants vessels that are completely clean so that he can pour his spirit out through. And when he pours his spirit out, he not only produces what? A, a, a fruitful garden like we talked about on Friday, but he, he brings forth a complete forest. Like it's not just about a nice little garden. God wants to multiply and overtake. And you know what happens? If we left this earth alone for, a, for a, just give it 10 years. Just don't touch the roads or nothing. Don't drive any cars. All of a sudden there'll be trees coming up everywhere. Oh, I promise you that. Right? Don't cut the grass anymore. See what happens. And this is what the Lord's saying. He said, I want, to, I want you to be so dependent upon me in this season <laughs> and in every season. I hate season, right? Forget the season. Just make it eternal. From now to eternity, he wants you to be so dependent upon him and so given over and so like a child, like God, where you have this awe and wonder that God could come at any moment and do whatever he wants and you'll let him do it. He could require anything of you at any moment and you'll say yes. Not just be up here on a platform prophesying. And I'm not saying everyone's looking for this, but some people are. And there's a divine call in this hour. I know it. I can feel it. I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday. It's like all these little things happening within our community. God is, he wants to just explode on the scene. And the enemy wants to come and take people out. So you are, everyone in this room, you are your brother's keeper. Watch out for one another. I mean, as pastors, we're watching out, but it's impossible to detect everything that's going on. Listen, the best thing, you know, I heard, I don't know who I heard it from, but it was about sports teams. It might have been, it might have been uh, Navy SEALs, actually. And the best way for them to, to, to have a close platoon was that they would police themselves and not have, not have the higher, you know, the, the generals or the lieutenants or whoever's supposed to be watching over them, the platoon guys, whoever's over the platoon. It was within themselves that they were able to, to stir one another up and motivate one another. 
And I'm not talking about motivating one another. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and you being spiritual beings and you loving one another and you coming together and just touching one another and not being on your own island. Because here's where vulnerability starts is with one another. And when we're able to give ourselves completely over and say, I will, what do you need? I'm here. To one another. Not just our nice four that we like. Come on. It's easy because you're comfortable with certain people. I wasn't going here. But I'm here. But it's, no, it's super important though. Because community, like, close community, that's how it happens. And we have, it, we have it good here. I believe that the Lord has got us, and we're in a good position. But guess what? God's even requiring more. Right? Because when we continue to love on one another, we continue to build one another up, we continue there for praying for one another, then, listen, oil's flowing always. It's never stagnant. Believe me. So he made him draw honey from the rock. He nursed him with honey from the rock. Come on, you should help me. But I just want to give an invitation tonight, okay? There's always an invitation. <laughs> we have to be invited, right? No, and I believe that is this, this place where the Lord is wanting to take us. That, I, that you posture your heart. You say, God, I'm giving my life right now with a new posture. Like, I'm building that new room. Amen? I'm building that room, that prophet's chamber. So you have a room right here inside of me that you can come and that when all the stuff that's attempting to assault me, I go, and I know you're in that room, and I find you in that place, that I constrain you, that as we're walking down a road together, I don't, walk an, an, I don't let you go further than me, but I grab hold of you, and you stay with me. So I know there's people in this room that have had like had seasons in your life where God was moving powerfully and we all like I know there's this fluctuation sometimes. But I believe that God sometimes dips us down into a into a season so that he can pull us back up to the heights. And there has to be, like, again, you're just going to ask the Lord tonight. Lord, I want to be entirely dependent. I want to be like a child that's pulling from you like I've never known how to before. Ready? Stand up with me.
matter what's happened in the past. We thank you for this season. We thank you for this place that we're coming. And our hearts are not far from you. But we sense you near. Sense you near even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of doubt. We sense you near. So we reach up. We reach up. And we say, Jesus, don't go. Stay. talking about. He, he, he never leaves you or forsakes you, but I'm talking about an awareness of grabbing hold of him and not letting him go. I'm talking about a, a mindset that says, Lord, I know you're here, and even though I don't sense you, I push in close to you. So we're asking for that oil Posture yourself in that place. I'm just gonna open we open the altars tonight. Just come, just come. Just say, God, I want the fresh oil that comes from you. Lord, I desire that you would come nearer than you've ever come before. Don't your hearts burn within you? Come on, your hearts burn within you. So I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. to you. We just run right to you. Lord, we don't even know what we're fully signing up for sometimes. But we draw closer. place for you to come. 